0: Hello, and welcome to this Linklaters podcast on payments regulation. I'm joined online by two of our payments regulation experts, Jean Price. Hello. And Paul Harris. Hello. And so it is that time of year once again. We're all wearing our Christmas jumpers. Paul is sitting by an open fire and Jean has a glass of champagne in her hand. This is also an opportunity to look back on the year and look ahead to the future. And given the year that 2020 has been, I think maybe let's focus on looking ahead. So today we'll talk about the year to come and what it holds for the payment sector. Jean, what are the themes that you're seeing as we move into 2021?
1: So yes, just a quick look back first. So payment services is an area where there's been a significant amount of change in the last few years. We've had the embedding of the second payment services directive, the somewhat glacial pace of strong customer authentication, New guidance on outsourcing, which has had a major impact on many payment service providers operational models and the FCA taking far more of an interest in what is going on with payment services firms. They've issued now some fairly firm directions on expectations where previously it was very much of a light touch regulation. In fact, I think the pace of change, is probably going to accelerate in 2021. And with consumers and retailers alike concerned about cybercrime, what I think we can expect to see is more significant move towards things like digital wallets, where you can verify who owns the money, um, increasingly sophisticated requirements around account validation, and also growth in biometric authorisation. Some places already have that, but I think we are going to see a massive uptick in that. And coupled with that, we've got the EU retail payment strategy and the digital finance plans. And while it now looks as though we're coming out of the EU without a deal, the payments sector is one of the truly international sectors. So firms are now going to be need to be watching the regulatory horizon in multiple jurisdictions. So an interesting time ahead, I think.
0: Thanks very much. Paul, what are your thoughts?
2: From a UK perspective, I think actually the primary tone will be set by the payments landscape review. Um, And this is a large scale review that the Treasury has been working on. um, And this uh, payments landscape review is actually looking at a a large number of different payment services areas for whether any change needs to be made, whether the regulation needs to change in order to foster and enhance uh, technological updates. Um, And it's looking at a number of areas such as faster payments and whether changes um, to facilitate certain aspects of uh, payments transactions, uh, namely uh, chargebacks and refunds, could possibly be embedded to faster payment systems to help foster um, a greater take-up of faster payments uh, Payments use by both uh, retailers and, and private individuals. Um, the Treasury also looking at um, possibly um, expanding the open banking platform that has been uh, in place since 2018. Um, And they're also looking at a number of other areas, such as the emergence of new payment services and payments chains, um, cross-border payments, which as you mentioned, is still going to be an issue um, despite Brexit. Um, They're also recognizing the uh, critical importance of the new payment architecture um, that is uh, still being built. Um, And they're also, um, with a nod to fintech, um, looking at crypto assets, stable coins, and the possibility of central bank digital currencies so I think what that really means for the coming year is that we will see the foundations for future change. Um, and this will be based on um, the, the Treasury's payments landscape review and also the new payments architecture continuing to be built. Um, however, I think this is really one for payments firms to just keep an eye on um, and use for their horizon scanning rather than for having to prepare for immediate change um, at this moment in time.
0: And, Gene, what else do we know about the regulators' plans for next year?
1: So, um, as I say, I think we're seeing unprecedented um, oversight by the regulator for payments um, in the last year, and that's not going to change going forward. So the FCA announced um, 10 initiatives recently relating to payment services and systems and market infrastructure. Um, as you'd expect, those are mostly focused on strengthening consumer protection, but there's also a strong intent to um, promote competition and innovation. So six of those were already set out in the May 2020 grid, but four are new. So. Two of the four initiatives are consultations. First, there's a consultation on updates to the FCA approach documents, payment services and electronic money and the second one is um, a broad review by the payment services regulator into its um, three to five-year strategy and defining the outcomes it wants to see in the um, payment sector. The third initiative is a review that Paul has already mentioned um, of the consumer protections available under the faster payments uh, service, and that's increasingly being used for retail payments, um, including the developments in open banking and the final um, initiative, the new 1 relates to the bank of England's work on the central uh, central bank digital currency. So turning back now to the approach document, the, the approach document is the guidance that the FCA has provided since the initial um, payment services regulations. And it sets out all things to do with payment services and now e-money issuance, giving a helpful steer about the FCA's expectations. As you may recall, the uh, FCA sent a DCO letter to payments firms, warning them about the need to avoid consumer harm and um, issuing revised guidance in a couple of important areas under the aegis of temporary COVID guidance. The consultation will propose that that temporary guidance is written into the approach documents. So I can see that this is going to really require more stringent guidance coming into place. So firms really do need to be engaging with the FCA on these consultations. Um, I expect that most of the arguments that we discussed in the summer are going to be resurfaced. But on a more positive note, um, for the UK, given where we are in the Brexit space, um, the FCA will have considerably more flexibility to move away from EU standards in some areas, where it feels that would be of benefit to the UK market.
0: Okay, so it seems like the FCA is going to be much more involved in the payment space. Is there then an argument for it to change the way that uh, payments are currently regulated? I think at the moment they sit outside of uh, FISMA and the Regulated Activities Order. Is, is there scope for that to change in the future, do you think?
1: It's a really interesting one, Simon, because... I I remember back in the day when PSD1 came in and was being implemented and we had the legal experts forum and there was a lot of discussion about it and there was a very active decision not to make them a regulated activity and for them to be dealt with under Treasury regulations and again, that's what they did. With the updated payment services regulations, but we are seeing regulatory creep on this. So, for example, when the other regulations came in, there was an amendment to FISMA. So now, if you're applying for a change in control, the change in control applications, um, control levels apply to a payment services firm. So, instead of just having the single threshold, you now have the 10, 20, 30, 50%, as you would for a FISMA regulated firm.
2: Paul, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I would concur with, uh, with Gene, actually. Um, I, I think there are certain elements of the current regulatory regime for payment services and e-money that the FCA probably perceives to pose a potential risk. Um, so for example, in the last few years um, under its powers under FSMA, we've seen the FCA and the PRA um, do a lot of work um, in terms of senior manager accountability. Um, and making sure that those senior individuals who run regulated businesses are held accountable for the activities uh, and actions of those businesses. But we don't have that regime in place for payment services and e-money firms. And given how much importance that the uh, regulators in the UK are placing on senior manager accountability, I can very much see that becoming part of uh, the the regime for payment services and e-money firms. And in fact, the FCA may decide, together with the PRA and the Treasury that actually the those those kind of limited uh, uh, powers don't necessarily go far enough and actually they would prefer to have the full gambit of powers um, under FSMA in relation to payment services and e-money firms as there is a growing recognition of the importance that they have um, to the UK financial services industry and so I can see an argument that over time um, they could potentially be brought within um, the FUSMA regime and become regulated activities rather than sitting a slightly odd bedfellows um, outside of the main financial services uh, regulatory regime in the UK.
1: I think that's right, Paul, because I think when we first did payment services um, directive one, no one would have realised the the explosion there would be in the last year. And therefore, it's now far more critical than I think it was perceived to be back in 2007.
2: Uh, yeah, and I think one, one further example of that is when the uh, legislation related to COVID-19 restrictions came came into force, um, one of the sectors for key workers was actually specifically spelt out as those who work in uh, payment services and payment systems. So, it's, it's clear from that, at least, as well, how crucial the government sees the payment services industry as part of the, the proper functioning of the UK economy. So we've
0: talked a lot already about uh, a lot of the regulatory initiatives that are in the pipeline. Paul, what do you think is going to be at the top of firms to do lists uh, when we look at 2021?
2: Yeah, so I think the first thing um, is for for those involved in uh, e-commerce is um, finally having to implement a strong customer authentication, because those rules will be coming finally into force um, in September of 2021. Um, And um, we know that actually in kind of technological terms, that's not that far off um, given uh, the the difficulties of the build um, in order to be uh, able to comply with strong customer authentication, that we know many firms still need um, to finalise. Um, I think related to that as well, for those businesses who are involved in uh, account information services and payment initiation services, and therefore um, access customer payment accounts via um, APIs, for example, through the open banking platform. Um, One issue that's come up relatively late in the day is that um, the EIDAS certificates that have been issued to these providers um, in order for them to be able to demonstrate who they are and have secure communication sessions with uh, the account providers. Um, Following the end of the Brexit transition period, these EIDAS certificates that have been issued by um, EU issuers will no longer be valid. And in fact, there are no issuers in the UK of EIDAS certificates. So rather late in the day, um, the UK have had to bring in some new rules, um, mainly incumbent on the actual payment account providers themselves, that provides um, a range of uh, factors that that those providers need to uh, look at in order to get comfortable that the account information service providers and the payment initiation service providers who they're communicating with are who they say they are and are genuine and that they can have secure communication sessions with them. So I think that's something else um, that firms will be focused on. I suppose um, looking back to the other things that we've already mentioned, I think um, we, we will be looking at 2021 as a year of changes, as um, new payment systems, new ways of making payments, payments flows. All of those sorts of good things are going to be accelerating, um, facil- facilitated by um, the new payments architecture. Um, the Treasury's payments landscape review and all of the things that we previously mentioned, I think we will see an acceleration of change. And I think finally the one thing that a lot of uh, payment services businesses will be uh, having to be interested in is the implementation of uh, the ISO standard ISO 20022, which is a a messaging standard that's going to be implemented uh, through a number of payment systems Um, and this will again help to foster uh, new payments flows and new ways of making payments because uh, many more players in the market will be on um, a standardised set of um, information that will be provided as part of payment flows.
0: And what else should firms be looking out for in terms of the, uh, the FCA's agenda for next year?
1: So of course one of the other things that was delayed by covid was the really big ticket item of open finance and you'll remember that the fca launched the call for inputs over a year now Um, and the idea is to build on the open banking framework Um, open banking allows customers to give access to their payment account data to third party providers so they can access new services find out where they can get their energy cheaper be reminded that they're not going to the gym often enough all of that good stuff Open Finance applies it to a much wider range of financial data, including savings, insurance, mortgages, investments, pensions and, of course, my favourite subject of all, consumer credit. Um, So the FCA's input for for the topic closed in October and we're expecting them to set out their plans early next year. So it will really be interesting to see where that goes. The other thing I think is of interest is going to be keeping tabs on what they're doing in enforcement. Um, payment services is still a m- tiny proportion of enforcement action taken by the FCA, but it is picking up. I think Paul's comments on senior management, the guidance on safeguarding, um, consumer protections, the increase in fraud and whether firms should have taken better steps to deal with those i think we are going to see an uptick in that and i think firms should be keeping an eye on that and reacting very quickly um, to what the decisions were based on and how that looks against their own business model
0: so we've covered a wide range of different topics today it's clearly going to be another busy year in payments apart from operational resilience which we've covered on a previous podcast and will no doubt return to again in the new year as a final question I was going to ask you both just to pick out one thing which you think will dominate firms attention in 2021.
1: So I think safeguarding is going to be a primary focus and um, we've seen the guidance on it. It's temporary Covid guidance. I would put my own money on that coming into the approach document and then be the standard by which firms are judged.
2: Yep. Yeah, I think from my perspective um, certainly for those payment services firms involved in um, e-commerce. I think the implementation of strong customer authentication will be the key thing that they'll be focusing on. Um, we've had uh, so many delays in terms of the, uh, the date for implementation. I, I don't think we're going to get it pushed back any further. So it really will have to be implemented this year. So I think that will be the focus of a lot of payment services firms' minds um, to get that done in time.
0: Thank you very much, Jean and Paul, for sharing your thoughts today. If you would like to read more about what's to come in the next year, we've just published a global FinTech report on the year-in-review and year-to-come. And in the next few days, we'll publish a financial regulatory horizon report as well. You can find both of these on the Linklaters website. As always, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can tweet at linklaterstech or email fintech.podcast at linklaters.com. We will return uh, in the new year, but until then, thank you very much for listening. And if it's not too early to say this, we wish you a safe and very happy holiday.